Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? Okay, I guess we'll just get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spaces with Josie. I'm Josie, the redheaded libertarian, and I've been looking forward to hosting t- today's space since we were able to book it. I'm joined tonight by Clint Russell and Vosh. Welcome, gentlemen. Howdy. Hello. Uh, would you each be so kind as to introduce yourselves? Uh, I guess Vosh and then Clint. Yeah, uh, my name's Vosh. Not my real name, but you know. Uh, and I'm a libertarian socialist. I do politics, uh, which, um, uh, you know, uh, always fun and uncontroversial. Excellent. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Hold on, let me get Clint back up here again. All right. So there have been some issues. It's been spaces have been a little glitchy the last few days. So if anybody's in here and you all of a sudden can't hear me or Vosh or Clint, go ahead and drop down and then come back up again. And that should that should hopefully fix the problem. Clint, are you there? Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. can okay. You before I was before I was getting a uh, circular audio thing, it was very strange. Oh, that's interesting. Can you hear Vosh okay? Uh, talk for me, Vosh. Power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I can hear. All right, perfect. All right, uh, Clint, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown. I am a second-generation libertarian, a big anti-war, non-interventionist guy, uh, obviously a uh, protege of the Scott Hortons and Dave Smith of the world and starting up a show with Luke Rinkowski tomorrow. So that's me. Awesome. All right. Just a second. I'm just pulling up my notes. All right. So thank you both for joining me. So Clinton Vosh are going to be debating the war in Ukraine. Vosh, you will have the pros. Clint, you will have the cons. Um, so just a few, just the rules. So as many of you who've been in my spaces know, I'm a free speech absolutist. So I don't have a lot of rules when it comes to these spaces in regards to what you can and can't say. So feel free to cuss, just, you know, cuss respectfully, I guess, if that makes any sense. <laughs> um, and try not to interrupt each other. Um, I do understand that things can become heated in debate sometimes. So I simply ask for civility and patience if they do. And I'll intervene as needed if things go off track, drag on, become personal, etc. Um, and finally, since this is a debate, I only ask that you gentlemen debate the topic at hand and try your best to avoid logical fallacies such as whataboutisms, non sequiturs, ad hominems, false dilemmas, inductive reasoning, etc. Do either of you have any questions? Uh, no, I think that about sets it. All right, awesome. All right, yeah, perfect. All right, so let's kick it off. Uh, Ukraine became a battleground in 2014 when Russia annexed Crimea and began arming and abetting the separatists in the Donbass region in the country's southeast. Russia's seizure of Crimea was the first time since World War II that the European state essentially had annexed the territory of another. And on the 24th of February of last year, Russia invaded Ukraine again in the escalation of the, the Russo-Ukrainian war. Uh, this last uh, this this last invasion, it's killed tens of thousands on both sides. Peace deals have been rejected and there is no end in sight. So, Vosh, why don't you go ahead? Yeah. Well, I want to say right off the bat that I'm always sympathetic to any anti-interventionist arguments when it comes to our foreign policy. You know, the history of American intervention in foreign countries affairs is not a great one. 
And I think there's plenty of reason to be skeptical generally. I've been against most everything America has done abroad, certainly when it comes to military engagement. I just think this is one of the rare examples where we're doing something decent. You know, I think that Americans and American government officials should prioritize Americans first, right? We have our own affairs to take care of. But we do live in a global society. Uh, there is no ignoring what goes on around the world, and we have to acknowledge the fact that our withdrawal from international engagement only seeds ground to others. I think that what fascism has uh, done to Ukraine, both to its population and invasion, and what it's done to Russia in the form of the Putinist regime is a net negative globally. I think it causes incredible harm around the world. And I think that it's good for us to support our ally by providing them arms and intel. There are, of course, ways in which this can go poorly. But at the moment, right now, I think that there is genuine benefit for the American and Ukrainian people, and God willing, the Russians down the line, the Russian citizens, that we see a Ukrainian victory in this conflict. Bosch, do you think that we're on track for a Ukrainian victory at this point? Well, it's a difficult road and it's hard to say. I think that Ukraine is doing better now than anyone expected in the onset of the conflict. I don't think they're doing as well as many people hoped. But I do think there is still a road to what many Ukrainians would call a victory, yes. And would that victory entail uh, maintaining the Donbass and Crimea? I'm not sure. I mean, I can't see the future, of course. If they have the ability to retake Crimea or the Donbass, then I, that's certainly something they want to do. And I think they should be supported in doing so, depending on certain conditions. Um, whether or not they're going to be able to, though, it's, I mean, it's a tough fight. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's a very tough fight at this point. Um, I, just to give kind of my overarching thesis about this is that this war was highly avoidable. Um, there's a, a litany of both political and commentating professionals from the 1990s that, that knew that the expansion of NATO right up into kind of an encircling uh, alliance on Russia's border, the old Baltic states would be, uh, would catalyze this conflict almost inevitably. Obviously the timeline was unknowable, but uh, just to give an example uh, I'm glad to hear Vosh say that he he does disagree with much of our imperialist, uh, you know, past. I, I I struggle to understand why this is different, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, the U.S. since 1991 and the end of the USSR has bombed and invaded uh, a litany of countries. I'll just run down a quick list. You have Iraq, obviously, then Bosnia, Afghanistan, Iraq once again, Pakistan, Somalia, Kenya, Libya, Iraq again, Yemen, Syria. So that's 10 wars that doesn't include the nations that we sanctioned and uh, a dozen, co dozen color revolutions that we funded. Uh, I could go through the list of co color revolutions that were also uh, largely funded by our State Department and fomented through the CIA, oftentimes uh, Yugoslavia, Georgia, Ukraine, Kyrgyzstan, Lebanon, Belarus, Moldova, and then Iran. Uh, it's my opinion that that. The U.S. is the empire of the world, at least in modern history, and uh, this is playing directly into the project for, for a new American century kind of Dick Cheney uh, worldview, and it is not to the benefit of the American people. It ultimately is leading us towards what could amount to a hot nuclear war or, if by some miracle, 
a non-nuclear World War III. Uh, it has also driven Russia, which uh, repeatedly requested to be added to NATO. It has driven them into the arms of China, which I think is not to the benefit of the American people. It is breaking apart kind of the unipolar moment into a bipolar one and bipolar both in terms of uh, physical, but also in terms of uh, psychological. It's, it's, uh, it's becoming increasingly dangerous. And while I, I am personally grateful to see the unipolar moment ending uh, just simply because I don't think that the U.S. government has behaved in a way that is worthy or morally uh, befitting a unipolar uh, hegemon. Uh, it is also a, a moment of great peril in that there's going to be a, a kind of a reshuffling of the power dynamics on Earth. You have the BRICS alliance, which is now uh, you know, creating a, a competing currency system that, that looks to undermine or at least go head ahead with the U.S. dollar. Uh, given that the primary export of the U.S. economy for the past 30 years has been our inflation, that will be uh, truly catastrophic. Uh, so the the risk-reward benefit on this is completely lopsided, and I apologize for going on for so long, but that is my operating thesis. Yeah, so I think the problem here is that we're we're running into the same rigmarole. First, and I hear this all the time, you talk about a bunch of other conflicts. Well, this isn't those conflicts. This is this one. You talk about, um, you know, you, you play up the idea that it's Western behavior that's causing a breakdown in the unipolar world. I disagree. The idea that Russia was trying to join NATO right before this conflict, Russia briefly bantied with joining NATO. And that was something that we entertained. Uh, but it didn't play out for a wide variety of reasons. Ultimately, this breakdown in communication, this failure in our international diplomacy, it is a product of the fact that Russia's regime has pursued an ultra-nationalist fascist agenda. Like the the idea that uh, th this all gets laid at our feet, it sounds almost like an America last attitude. You know, you talk about it's not beneficial to the American people, but then what do you do? You play up the idea that BRICS is really going to establish like a contrary economic block. The idea that we're the ones to blame for the breakdown of diplomacy when Russia is the one that is constantly and nonstop engaged in uh, threats, both nuclear and across borders. Russia is the one that actually engaged in the invasion. Now, I think ultimately, when you look at all the problems that we've had with Russia and you draw them down to a common denominator, it's pretty clear. The problem is with Russia. It's with Putin. And if we want to deal with these issues, we have to help the Russian people arrive at different leadership. That may sound harsh or interference oriented, but hey, what's the reason why we have no ability whatsoever to engage in any kind of diplomatic relations with North Korea? Well, it's certainly not the United States, right? Their government relies on that distance. It's a strategy for them. And that's the problem that we're dealing with here, too. So, yeah, I say uh, we have to acknowledge who's to blame here and we have to leave all of that aside when it comes to the real material issue of assisting our ally. You know, Ukraine, even if everything said here was true, Ukraine doesn't deserve to suffer and to have its population annihilated, its land taken just because, what, 30 years ago, America pursued a strategy with NATO that Putin didn't like. Well, let me start by pushing back against one thing you said, uh, you know, you you're basically endorsing the, the toppling of Putin. Uh, I assume you mean through 
CIA means. I, I don't know exactly what you're hinting at, but I, I, I believe that to be a, a truly, truly psychotic <laughs> perspective, uh, given that they still have 6,000 nuclear warheads and some of the most advanced arsenal on Earth, uh, not to mention their submarine fleet. It, it's it's an extraordinarily dangerous thing to, to um, you know, push for. But on top of that, this belief that you're going to topple Putin and then have some sort of liberty-oriented, non-fascistic, uh, you know, a ruler rise up in his stead is uh, largely delusional. But also, uh, it if you look at the other history of nations that we've toppled over the past twenty years, you don't you don't see that. That's not that's not what comes about. So, what what is it in this circumstance that makes you finally believe uh, that that the U.S. is decisions in this process to replace him with someone more befitting of our preferences uh, would actually come to pass. I just don't see it. I didn't say we should topple him or imply anything with the CIA. It's a fascist regime, and Putin is banking on success in Ukraine. It's a centerpiece to his current you, domestic you said, strategy. You said we should help the Russian people find a way to replace him. How? What does that mean? He's a dictator. If he grows sufficiently unpopular that people oust him, then that's the responsibility and the right of the Russian people. I don't like autocrats, but I'm not saying the CIA should do that. That's the right of the Russian people. And the Russian people right now are blanketed nonstop with pro-Russian propaganda. I mean, it is it is uh, uh, completely insular. I mean, you see this in many countries where their entire internal propaganda network is oriented around oppositional foreign policy, North Korea, Iran to name a few. I think the only thing we can really do there is we can, well, for one, not let our ally get invaded and conquered. I think that would be good. But also a failure militarily will probably be detrimental to Putin's regime, makes him look bad. I mean, he plays the strongman card, doesn't he? Okay. So your your point is that if if our support of the Ukrainian military, if they were to push back Russia, that would be enough to potentially topple him? I think that it would contribute towards his unpopularity. We're already seeing signs of weakness from him. That business with um, Kadyrov and then later with the Wagner group where um, uh, uh, Lukashenko had to step in. The whole thing made Putin look pretty weak. And right now, of course, he's running a deficit war economy. He's uh, providing pretty strong financial incentives to soldiers. The uh, economy is keeping up as it is now. A lot of this has to do with the fact that Russia has a very small economy, but a very large uh, net export market for oil and natural gas, which, right. you know, right, economically, it's complicated to like unseat stuff like that. But I think that narratively, when you take a look at how Putin's talked about his country, it's been all about glorious revival and opposition to the West. But we're not invading Russia. And I don't want to invade Russia. And it would be a silly idea considering all the nukes. I think that this invasion of Ukraine is a desperate bid to try to reclaim a bit of former glory. And I think that he should lose not only because it is right, but because it might uh, destabilize a strong man's, you know, boasting and power grabbing. Well, you you and I agree that this is a bit of a desperate bid, but I think that we should be uh, respectful of that desperation, uh, particularly. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, I got a call. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you just fine. I OK, Michael Heiss, don't don't call me while I'm debating Michael Heiss. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. I, I think we should be respectful of, of the desperation uh, that they're in. I, I think that that Crimea and Sevastopol in particular has is viewed by Putin and his, you know, his cadre of elites uh, as being existential to their survival, whether they're right or wrong. They perceive it to be that. 
And, and I think that, you know, people don't like to do this, but I think that if you, the shoe were on the other foot, everyone would expect the U.S. empire to react in the exact same fashion. If we only had one year-round warm, warm water port and it was in Tijuana uh, and all of the same, you know, confluence of events came to, to pass, it, undoubtedly the U.S. government would invade Mexico and, and, you know, claim the Tijuana port for themselves. So it's, it's just a level of hypocrisy to dictate, you know, 6,000 miles from our border that, that we can, we can have both the moral authority, uh, much less the, uh, the gall <laughs> to, to tell them that they shouldn't be doing this. Now, I, I will agree with you wholeheartedly that this war is tragic and I, I absolutely do not support Putin in his invasion. Uh, but I think one, it's a losing effort. And two, it is not in American interests to be doing so. Uh, and ultimately, you said that that Putin is running a deficit budget to support this war. Well, so the fuck are we? Um, so <laughs> uh, there's a, a, a many, many reasons that I think that this is uh, not not America's place and they do not have the moral authority any longer to be dictating to the global stage what others need to be doing. I think you're using a lot of morally loaded language. I'm not saying America should dictate anything. Ukraine wants to defend itself, and they are our ally, and we are helping. And also, frankly, I don't really care if America's done bad stuff in the past. I don't think that means that I should do bad stuff now. Like, I'd be like, well, I've, you know, America's done bad things in the past, so we shouldn't have assisted in defeating the Nazis. Or like, well, no, well, no, okay. Maybe America as a country is self-interested and hypocritical, but my uh, personal justifications, I think, in this case, are, are pretty consistent. Now, I agree with I, I'm being told by uh, by by well-meaning listeners that my voice sounds terrible through Twitter spaces. I have no idea why. and There's nothing I can do about it. Um, it sounds you, fine you, on my end. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Um, if you now now you talked about like Russia being a dangerous bear to poke. And I understand that. The problem I have is that I think it's worse in the uh, other direction. If Putin gets a win and takes over all of Ukraine, now they share a border with Poland. That's dangerous. I mean, if we if we meaningfully want to fix this, right, if we want to destabilize or sorry, not destabilize, um, de, um, uh, 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 de-escalate the conflict. Yeah, yeah. If we want to de-escalate the conflict, we cannot let Russia border more NATO countries. Russia does not have the most self-control when it comes to engagement with its borders, especially when it comes to former Soviet states. I think it's necessary that they lose here for exactly the reason you cite that they need to not be interfered with. Because the worst thing you can do with somebody like Putin is let him win, is let him get what he wants over and over with Chechnya, with Georgia, you know, uh, with Crimea. He builds and he builds and he builds. And then what are you teaching him? Well, I mean, ultimately, you're teaching him that he can get what he wants with violence. And I think that it's essential that he not. If nothing else, Ukraine is a quagmire, a desperate one that has cost the lives of many soldiers on both sides. And that's horrible. But it's a war Putin started. And I think that we face the potential of much more conflict down the line if he gets the impression this is a consistent winning tactic for his ratings. Well, again, I just I just don't know how Americans can view Russia and say if they get wins, that'll set a terrible precedent, given that our, our the nature of our empire over the past 30 years uh, has been truly catastrophic for the globe, um, at least the people that we've invaded and bombed into oblivion. So why, why is it that the American 
I mean, uh, well, let's let's actually circle back to another point. Um, I think that, well, well, certainly the invasion was ultimately Putin's decision. Um, you can't disconnect the the catalyzing factors that that led to his decision making process. Um, you know, you have a, a litany of examples of him from 2008 all the way up until 2022 or 21, uh, where he's declaring repeatedly, Ukraine is the red line. You have uh, our State Department that's acknowledging it in confidential wires uh, to Condoleezza Rice. Uh, they, they knew. They knew that this was the red line. And yet, still, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, in the six months lead up to his decision to ultimately invade, were still talking openly about adding them to NATO. Um, if given that fact, given that our government knew given that they knew that this was the reddest of red lines, given that they knew that the Russian people also would galvanize around Putin in this decision because they also view NATO uh, or view Ukraine being added to NATO as an existential threat to their survival. How is it that we can then turn around and say, well, this is all Putin's fault and ultimately we should you know, risk world war to, uh, to push him back? Putin does not get to decide for a foreign military alliance, whether or not another country gets to apply. Application to NATO from Ukraine hasn't really been on the table for a while because they're currently engaged in civil conflict after 2014. Like, it's not really on the table. But if you set the standard where Russia, an autocratic dictatorship, has the ability to determine for NATO who NATO considers, no. You don't, don't buy into his lies. Putin did not invade Ukraine because he was afraid of a NATO alliance. I think that's ridiculous. I, I think that's ahistorical. The odds of Ukraine joining NATO went down after 2014 because of the ongoing engagement within the country. This isn't some panic fear thing. You said it yourself. America would invade Mexico if they were looking for their only warm water port. Well, that's what this is for Russia. They want the land. They want the zeal. But this is not really about threat. Of course they play up the threat. That's all they do. Go listen to, like, Iran's public broadcasts. And what do you hear? Every single day, Iran says, oh, America does this. America did that. Now, did America do bad things in Iran? Sure, yeah, we did. But in 2023, right now, is every specific government decision from Iran a direct consequence of us? No. They use us as a scapegoat. We're an easy thing to blame. We're an easy thing to point at and go, you know, okay, maybe I can't justify this behavior on its own merits, but I sure as hell can say that America is the one responsible. That's what I'm concerned about. You know, we're kind of playing into the narrative a bit. Like, imagine what it would say about not just America, but Ukraine. If Russia, the country Ukraine is afraid of, would be able to take them off the list for self-defense. I mean, that, that would be, uh, why not give them everything at that point? Well, I mean, it, it, you, so you acknowledge that, that America would do that, but you don't think that Russia should be allowed to and America should be the one dictating that they don't. No, I, mean, it, I oppose It's both. essentially the Mon Monroe Doctrine kind of conceptual framework. It's It's... But instead of our Monroe Doctrine, it seems that you're adv advocating that our M Monroe Doctrine spans the entire globe and no. that they have no they have no right to to dictate the policy of their bordering nations. No, no. Wait, hold on. No, Russia does not have the right to dictate the policy of its bordering nations. Certainly. I don't know why you keep implying that I'm OK with all of the bad stuff that America does. 
I'm well, because you're advocating I, for America to do this. So no, it, oh, no, 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 no. Wait, I, I fundamentally reject this framing. Ukraine okay. was invaded. They request America for aid. That is not America dictating the rules or the boundaries abroad. That is not us exercising that, moral that's authority. That's not true. And you know, you know that there was uh, peace negotiations that were happening in the early stages of this invasion and in, in, in lead up to it that were shuttled by uh, Boris Johnson at the explicit direction of the State Department. So how can you no. say that we are not dictating policy there, especially so, given that the outcome of this war is almost certainly going to be what that, that peace negotiation would have ultimately uh, yielded? First of all, I'm not Boris Johnson. He's he wasn't even uh, he's not even an American. So I don't know how I meant to account for that. Um, but what's more, when it comes to this invasion, we are not the ones dictating that Ukraine be invaded. That was Russia. And we are not the ones who initiated the request for aid. That was Ukraine. We are providing aid to an ally. I don't like this constant. Well, how can you as an American? I'm not an American alone. I'm Vosh. I have my own opinions and beliefs. And if America was to invade Mexico for a warm water port, I would take issue with that as well. Great issue. I would be thrown in jail for treason, the extent to which I personally would disagree with that conflict. But I, if, if you're to argue this, you know, well, how do you have the moral authority? What you're essentially saying is that nobody has the right to push for anything good internationally because every country has done bad things. And I just no, I'm, 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 sp I'm specifically saying that the United States government doesn't have that right. If I framed it as if it was you as an American, then I, I retract that. I was saying, how, how is it that the American government has that authority to do so, given that they would do the exact same fucking thing in their, their area of influence? But instead of just realizing that the Monroe Doctrine and their area of influence is in this hemisphere, uh, we're applying our own, you know, moral dictates across the entire planet. It's just totally unreasonable and, and hypocritical on a scale that's uh, you have to be able to recognize. I, I don't I just I think that it's insane and nonsensical to like Ukraine requests aid because our ally is being invaded and for us to go, oh, no, sorry, we've invaded countries in the past, so we can't help you not be invaded by fascists. It's ridiculous. I feel like the, the obsession with pointing fingers and accusing people of hypocrisy is born out of an unwillingness to engage with the actual moral conundrum. Has America done bad things? Yes, and it always will. Nation states will do bad things. I mean, I'm a libertarian. I don't believe that we can ever expect reliably good behavior when it comes to nation states under any circumstances. But I still support the US intervening to stop the Nazis. I still support the United States, you know, um, Honestly, the number of things that it's done in, abroad that are good is pretty small. So I'm just going to stop with the Nazis. But I support on, that. And I support on, on, on what libertarian framework are you basing uh, your support for interventionist policies, regardless of the moral, you know, quandary? Uh, prevent, uh, providing aids when requested by an ally because they're being invaded by fascists is a classic. We're helping them against a violation of the non-aggression principle. Ukraine did not invade Russia. Russia invaded Ukraine. Ukraine is not capable of defending itself because Russia is a big country. And, well, Ukraine was pretty weak and young. This is still an interventionist position. So I'm just I'm just trying to nail down how how intervention from a libertarian framework makes sense, because I'm I'm unfamiliar with it, just to be honest. Do you think that libertarianism means that you can't have any kind of international negotiation? Because by that definition, all negotiation and diplomacy would be intervention, which it technically is. Yeah, no, I would I would argue that that entangling alliances are both foundational to the American uh, framework, but also to libertarianism. So wait, you, you think entangling alliances are a good thing? No, 
I'm, oh, I'm okay. arguing I against them. I misheard. Well, it, it seems to me then that you're pro-war. Uh, international alliance and diplomacy have been the most effective tools for preventing warfare that the world has ever seen. I mean, countries used to spend like centuries at war with everyone next to them. Like, like it's the we live in an era of unprecedented peace. And a lot of that is because we rely on international trade and negotiation and trading blocks in order to encourage countries to get what they want through non-war means. And I think that that is all interventionist, right? I mean, us having trade deals and negotiations with other countries, we are intervening, to be sure. But I mean, it's wait, wait, how war. how how is trading with another nation intervention? I'm I'm lost. Because trade has to be facilitated through international trade agreements. Corporations don't usually just do it on their own. It's usually something that gets built and brought about by the nation states working with each other to some extent as well. And as long as they're doing that, they are shaping each other's policies. But if it prevents war, I am all for it. Well, in terms of trade, I, I don't I don't perceive that to be intervention at all. I, but um, we're trading them with arms. Well, not really. I mean, we're <laughs> we're giving them the money to, to acquire those arms. Well, we're so, giving a lot of the times we're just giving them like some of our surplus equipment. God knows we have tons of it. But that I mean, that's a trade. It's a nation providing something in exchange for something else. In this well, case, it, sometimes it's for uh, for debt. But sometimes this is just, um, you know, uh, Bosh, uh, I, I know, free, I know you, I know, I know you're smart enough to know that when they give them the old arsenal, it's just so that they can then turn back on the mic complex and, and replenish that stock. So it, you can't possibly think that we're we're doing that out of the kindness of our heart. Right. I don't think any nation does anything for the kindness of our heart. I think it's in the geopolitical interest of the United States to see Russia lose in Ukraine. I also think that it's in the interest of Ukraine to see Russia lose. And I think it's morally right for uh, Russia to lose. So, no, I don't think it's out of the goodness of our heart. OK, well, I, I will agree with you that the entangling alliances, particularly NATO, has decreased, uh, you know, the the world war phenomenon that we saw with obviously one and two. Uh, but I would argue that that is more a product of the, the nuclear arsenal that came about, you know, at the tail end of World War Two. Um, and I would also argue that that by intervening consistently and having all these entangling alliances, what we're in fact doing is not allowing local skirmishes to be settled on their own terms, but rather building up to uh, the potential for a cataclysmic war war that endangers all humanity on Earth. And and I don't I don't perceive that to be the benefit of humanity. Quite the contrary, I think it's extraordinarily dangerous. I mean, I don't think there are any local skirmishes. I don't I don't think that's a real thing. Right. If you want local skirmishes, you can go to like Africa. Right. Where you have like the Sudan conflict and everything. I mean, that exists. Sure. But when it comes to war, war is war. And a lot of countries have nukes these days. I don't think the absence of alliances would improve the situation. I think what we need to do is make sure that everyone is playing the same game. We need to essentially break Russia and Saudi Arabia to a large extent too. Countries that maintain their economies based on resource trading. We want everyone to be playing the same econ game, right? Like the reason why America and China will never really go to war with each other, we'll see how the Taiwan thing plays out, but I really doubt they will, is because we're so economically codependent Russia is not economically dependent on anyone because their economy is so small that it's easy to internally maintain and they just sell all their natural resources. They don't need to engage in like a complicated network of mutual exchange. As long as we're all playing the same game, we're safe. 
And Putin's regime is a major impediment to that. I mean, we talk about the irresponsibility of the West when it comes to our NATO uh, preferences. Sure, fine, fine. But like Putin threatens nuclear war every other week. And why? Right. Why? Because uh, because Ukraine next to them may in 20 years join NATO. No, because like North Korea, the screaming of tin pot dictators um, is a way to maintain constant internal fervor, drum up support, keep people angry and scared so they don't think of, you know, voting in Navalny or a more democratic yeah. leader. And the only way to fix this, you've got to arrange the conditions in such a way that there are fewer world leaders like Putin. And giving them victories and letting them handle their local squabbles without international uh, you know, uh, engagement, that does what they want. That's what they want. That, that perspective totally, totally diminishes the efforts of Russia post-USSR, uh, where they attempted to essentially immerse themselves in the European economy uh, every step of the way they've been, uh, you know, given the cold shoulder. It's it's really tragic that that when they consist, I mean, even Putin himself said, we don't want to be in alliance with the Chinese. We are European. Accept us as such. And and they've been told repeatedly no. And when he's threatening nuclear war, I mean, you laugh it off. I take it quite seriously. If he views this to be as as existential as I believe he believes it is, well, then we ought to be listening. And that also includes the expansion of NATO, which we promised repeatedly we would not expand. And then we did to the tune of 20 nations and thousands of miles encircling their entire border. It, it's it's just not anything that the American government would ever permit to happen to them. But when Russia does it, you describe him as a tin pot dictator and a fascist and a lunatic and a, all these other things. And it's just it's just not fair to the Russian people. It no, really uh, 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 is not. You don't bring it back to the Russian people. He's a dictator. All right. And also, there was no correlation between half the stuff you just said. First of all, even if he's gotten sidelined by the EU community, cry about it. He's threatening nuclear war. You think this is the, the language you're engaging in unwittingly appeases him. This is appeasement rhetoric. If you Bosh, say, come on. Why is he doing that? Why is he doing that, though? Why, OK, why does North Korea do it? Why do countries do this? They do it because it drums up internal support. North Korea isn't under threat of being invaded every day. It, they threaten nuking Japan. Do you think Japan's going to invade North Korea? No, of course not. Tin pot dictators do this. We see them do this. It's not new. You really think, like, this is you playing into his dynamic. You're, you're doing his propaganda. You think Putin really thinks threatening nuclear war is a valid response to, to what? being shafted by the EU when he was building the Nord Stream pipelines and was going to no, trillions I, I, off of selling I think them? it's it's extru extraordinarily reasonable given the encirclement strategy that the US uh, empire is utilizing no. against the Russian what what encirclement no? what what encirclement I mean we 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 have our our military our navy on his eastern seaboard and then we also have NATO alliance uh, that's encircling him on the west wait where what? What do where, you mean where? Yeah, okay, so Russia is the largest country on Earth by far. It is so large that you could accidentally encircle Russia simply by existing on Earth in multiple locations. It is massive. What you're describing, I assume, is our presence in Japan and our presence in Europe. First of all, this is hardly encirclement. We don't encircle them towards their largest borders on the north and the south. To their south, they find allies and unwitting compatriots. And to the north, they find nothing but the cold, frozen wastes they seem to enjoy living in. Um, yes, we're, we're encircling them in the, in the most hospitable and habitable 
uh, areas of their landmass, and and you're dismissing that as if it's that's, just some you know rantings of a lunatic. That's not. And first of all, okay, yeah, it is rantings of a lunatic for a couple of reasons that you won't be able to answer. First of all, nobody is thinking about invading Russia. The idea that he's operating out of some kind of legitimate fear of I, the I territorial sovereignty. Well, then then there's no reason to be threatening nukes, and the encirclement thing is BS. Encirclement no, implies the, the a reason. The reason it's so existential. The reason it's so existential to them is because the the nuclear deterrent strategy only works if they actually have some time to react, and they and we're diminishing that time. We're no. we're, incre we're increasing the the chances of a, of a you know human error, a misread of the radar. Like no. this is all extraordinarily dangerous, and you're no, dismissing we're not. it. Wait, we haven't been moving nukes towards Russia since the Cold War. We've moved nuclear capabilities away. The idea that there's some escalate. First of all. The idea that we have moved nukes so close to Russia that we could stop them from retaliating when they have the largest country on Earth and they have nuclear silos that are so heavily dotted across the landscape that it would be impossible to hit them all is ludicrous. You just said they don't fear invasion, but now you're implying that we're setting up for some kind of first strike like 2024. No, no. Then, then I'm not. I'm not threat? implying that. What threat? justifies putin threatening to nuke the world what justifies that you say it's a legitimate fear what makes that fear legitimate because we are we are increasing our our alliance territory on their western border that and they have they have explicitly said that it's the reddest of red lines for them you so you dismiss it out of hand we're not allowed to form a lot so wait we form alliances that they don't like and in response they legitimately fear military aggression enough to threaten to nuke the world. You, you it's, see, it's you, not it's not just it's not just the fear of of a first strike. It's not just the fear of invasion. It's also the fear of not being able to participate in the global economic system, which they have great reason to fear that, given that they've been kicked off of SWIFT and ultimately had, you know, uh, What's the sanctions and a whole litany of basically the entire? I mean, we fired yeah, was a them. financial nuclear arsenal at them already. So yes, they are very concerned about that, this, that and they, as they them. should be. The, no, wait, that you, that you, that wasn't them. That was what, our response they, to their invasion. Yeah, that was then. That was them. Yes, you can't blame us for kicking them off swift when they invaded Ukraine. Oh, I can't. I can Ukraine. blame us. I can blame us when when we knew that adding Ukraine into NATO was well, the see, reddest keep, of red you, lines. They have not been added into NATO. You keep going back to that, but it's because because you have it's, the president of the United States openly stating it. You have the vice president of the United States stating openly what? stating it, stating, stating that what? they. That they the the door is wide open. They said it yeah. in fucking six months leading up to it. That's not an acceptable yeah. position to Russia have. The, the not, American no, no, government no. would never Russia, allow for that with anything Russia, in our hemisphere. And Russia you know, Russia does it. not quit with the hypocrisy arguments. They're weak minded. Russia does not. Get That's to not dictate. true. It's they valid. Are. They're weak minded. It's Russia not weak minded. Not it's valid. Dictate. Russia does not get to dictate whether or not the countries they're eyeing for invasion are allowed to seek defense by joining other military alliances. And the idea that Russia has been trying to get up with the EU as if Yanukovych in Ukraine, their puppet leader who got ousted after he tried to become a dictator, he got ousted in Euromaidan after he abandoned the EU to join. Yeah, if history Russia's started 15 war. years ago, that point might be valid, but it didn't. It started in 1991 when USSR fell. I'm talking about from 1991 all the way up until 2005. 
You had multiple leaders of Russia that were attempting to become more in alignment with the EU economy, and they were fucking laughed off repeatedly. They were not laughed off. It's more complicated than that. Also, Russia was making bank off of selling natural gas and oil, the largest pipeline in the world for Russia meeting all of Europe's energy needs. And they fucked it up. They fucked it up by invading because Putin couldn't keep his hands to himself. They had a pathway. Now, am I saying we're blameless? No, of course I'm not. This isn't about defending America. It's about the fact that Putin's fear-mongering, his I have no choice but to threaten ending the world, is bullshit. And I think, and by the way, I think it's very cowardly of you to accept that framing when you are correct in accusing the United States of being generally quite bad. You're willing to acknowledge the U.S. has done this and this and this, this, but then when it comes to Russia threatening to, again, nuke the world, then it's like, oh, well, how could he not when Ukraine might have joined NATO in 20 years? I think that's bullshit, and I think you're playing well, cover I, for it. I, I'm, not, I'm not at all uh, okay with it, and sure, it is cowardly. I don't want to die in a nuclear fucking war, Vosh. <laughs> but so, you, are, you're, you are making it worse. You are justifying the logic that the person who would fire the nukes is in No, danger. I'm explaining the logic, not justifying He's it. That's different. He's lying. He wants Ukraine for the land and the territory and the clout. He wants it because strongmen need invasions. Saddam Hussein did the exact same thing. Strongmen need invasions to justify their power. But you're accepting his framing at face value, which is what he wants, which is. I'm not, I'm not accepting position. his framing at face value. I'm accepting the fact that his framing is supported by many of the leaders in the United States government, including our State Department, for 30 fucking years, Vosh. You can't Wait, dismiss our, it. Our State Department has said that he needs to uh, threaten to nuke the world because no, he may or may not join. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, his framing, saying. his framing it about expanding NATO and that Ukraine. Ukraine was the reddest of red lines, was supported by our State Department. This is not some fucking myth that I'm concocting that's some sort of Russian propaganda attempt. It's a fact. It's a fact, it, and you know it. It's, it's a fact that he said it. I don't think we should respect it. Why should Russia get to decide whether or not the ally they're looking to, or the neighbor they're looking to invade, join another military alliance? Do you, want, do you want to give them that next? Maybe next they'll say, now our red line is that Poland is part of NATO. Poland is part of historical Soviet territory. And the fact that we now border Poland now that we've conquered Ukraine is a red line for us. If Bosh, the West the real, doesn't do something about this, then we might get angry. Like we, we the, the, rea the, reality, the reality of their demands before the invasion is essentially what we're looking at as the outcome of this tragic war where hundreds of thousands of people needlessly died. And it's all because the fucking peace treaty was, was shuttled by Boris Johnson at the direction of the State Department. Incorrect. And, and, and yes, it's true. And it's ultimately, and ultimately, what what is going to be the outcome of this is that the Donbass region is going to end up being autonomous. Crimea is going to stick with Russia, and that's going to be the end of this. So and when noticed, when that you just happens, avoided my framing right there. I just said, like, would you accept it if they started going? Oh, Poland is a part of NATO. That's our historical territory. This is our new red line. I would I would like to the see world. the United States government exit NATO personally. I think okay, that it is. No, answer the question. If Putin says, after successfully conquering Ukraine, now Poland is our red line, this is our territory, actually, would you go, oh, well, yeah, I guess it is like historical Soviet territory. And to be fair, we did say in that one time that never got recorded on paper that we would not move NATO over to Poland. So my, guess, my yeah. position, my position will be consistent in that I do not believe the United States government should have entangling alliances, nor should it be intervening <laughs> so, in the politics so 6,000 miles America away. Last. Yeah, no, I'm America first. Your, I'm a no, non-interventionist. 
you're, you're, you're not a libertarian. Lad. You don't understand non-intervention no, you're, at you're, all. Bro, you hate the American people. You're like, America should give up power everywhere and Russia should get to invade whoever they want. America should get, I'm sorry, Russia should get Ukraine. They should get Poland. Fuck it. Give them the Baltic states too. Because after all, if America ever did anything as audacious as, I don't Gosh, know, that's, that's an absurd. That's an absurd framing of my argument. The, no, these nations, okay, all, wait, these nations wait, wait. all have if, a, hold if, on. These nations Russia, all have a right to defend themselves. They all have a right to defend themselves. But we, but we shouldn't help our allies. Correct. Okay. Well, then that's an America last position because Russia Ow. will, because Russia does bully its allies into helping Belarus. They're puppet states. You would give the world to Russia because you want to see America weak. You want to see us cowering. Listen to earlier, you propped up bricks as though it was like a real thing. Like, yeah, bricks. It yeah. is. Oh, uh huh. This is this is this isn't America first. This is like you're like, oh, uh, uh, America better watch out. China is 3000 years ahead of us. Look at this. Look at this like video of children learning how to swap. I'm not saying I'm not saying any of this. I don't know. I don't even know where you're pulling this from. Because it seems to me like all of your America first positions seem to involve us ceding all power on the world stage to a fascist in exchange for literally nothing. Like you're, you're asking America to. So we're giving power to fascists, gaining nothing, losing alliances, losing economic clout. How is this America first? How is it libertarian to believe to the contrary that the United States empire should be dictating policies 6,000 miles away? We're not. Ukraine asked free association. Bullshit, we're not. With us. Ukraine Bullshit, wanted we're not. free association with us. They asked us for aid and we accepted their contract. They, their NAP was violated. Are you denying that we shuttled the peace treaty early on? Are you denying that? If you seriously think Boris Johnson has the ability, all he did was go over yes. there and suggest they not. No, he doesn't. That's not how it works. The Ukrainian yeah, I do. People, I do believe that. I do believe that, that Ukraine people, Ukraine would not be in this in this war if it weren't for the West support. So ultimately, the, they they get to dictate peace or, or war. The Ukrainian people overwhelmingly support Zelensky and his continuing the conflict. Um, all like one Westerner going over there and giving advice is not the same as us dictating policy. Well, that's a very naive perspective, Vosh. Yeah, because I don't think you think the Ukrainians are real people. It's like tens of no. I think they're Ukrainians. real people. I just think that they're powerless in the face of the Russian army. Well, if, if not for, for the West, yeah, if they, not for the West, though, they would have no chance in this fight, and you know it. That's why that's you what support allies the, are for. Yeah, and you support them being bowled over and murdered and raped by fascists. And I support no, I support allies. I support not catalyzing these invasions in the first place by dismissing the concerns of a country with six thousand nuclear weapons. Yeah, if you had actually if you would actually yeah. listen to their concerns, if you would actually listen to their concerns, there's a distinct possibility that this invasion never happens. Well, but you we dismiss can't, that. We can't turn back time. Now we're dealing with this. I think that your framing of this is totally incorrect, by the way. Uh, the idea that this was because of NATO. I think Putin's just flatly lying. So people like you will pick up that rhetoric and pretend. That yeah. He's so so is our State Department. So is Condoleezza Rice. They're yeah, all lying. Yes. About. yes. I'm aware, but I'm not trying to. But you're the one repeating State Department lies. The Russian State Department. What? No, get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, that's that's Condoleezza yeah, Rice, yes, dude. You yes, you're you're like word for word. These, are, like, these are cables think, from I, our I State Department, that, the United think, States State Department. I think that Comrade Putin is correct in his glorious fight against U.S. imperialism, and I think that NATO expansionism is to blame. For, like you are repeating State Department lies. You're just doing it for a different government. That's the U.S. government that acknowledged this repeatedly. I don't know what you're talking about. The U.S. government believes that uh, Ukraine not being denied NATO membership off the bat is the reason why Russia invaded or the U.S. government has acknowledged that Russia has said that's a red line because those are two very different things.
the U.S. has said that it's a red line for Russia. They say it's a red line. Should should we well, allow well, foreign? It sure it sure looks like it behavior? was, huh? It sure uh, looks like it was a red line, huh? No, because it's been thirty years of us possibly having Ukraine as part of NATO in the future. So what? Just any time in the past thirty years, this might have happened. No, it was after the Maidan Revolution that the coup that they ultimately took a much more antagonistic stance, including taking Crimea. Uh, yeah. So. But but Ukraine has been potentially in the future eligible for NATO membership since the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Why now? Yes, because they were manipulating the, the politicians in Ukraine. And then after the coup, they didn't have a friendly politician there anymore. So they realized that it was imminent threat. They took they took Crimea. They took Sebastopol. And then, you know, oh, Bob's so your wait, uncle. So it's so it sounds then like the real red line for Russia was not controlling Ukraine. And the mm-hmm. moment they no longer had. Uh, well, OK. So if you agree Correct. then that it's not about Russia actually being worried about its safety and it's just about politically controlling its neighbors, then I agree with you completely. Well, it's not entirely that, but yes, that's a huge part of it for sure. So, th- so they're just a bully that wants to control their neighbors and we're suppo- we, the United States, are supposed to abandon our allies because they want to bully harder? What is that? What, what, what is yeah, 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 yeah. The U.S. government should, uh, <laughs> should, should probably stop bullying the entire planet if yes, that's the Yes, I case. agree. I am principally against bullying, but you seem to be in favor of it as long as the U.S. No. isn't the one doing it. No, I'm saying that the U.S. government doesn't have the moral authority to be bullying Who back. Cares? I don't give a shit about moral authority. It's either things are good or bad. Well, I, I do give a shit because it's ultimately my tax dollars or the inflationary, uh, you know, destruction of my life savings that is is funding this. That doesn't have and, anything and to do with moral risking, authority. And it's also risking. It's also risk. What? That's not a moral authority issue. We're just arguing over whether it's good or bad. I don't care if America has done nine hundred ninety nine bad things. If they do a good thing, I'll defend the good thing. I'll keep yeah, at well, it too. Well, you can you can argue that it's a good thing in, in defending the ally, but you you'd have to then acknowledge the bad thing, which was catalyzing this war and this conflict in the first place, which you won't do. Yeah, I don't think we did. I think that Russia was pretty much always going to head down this road as long as Putin was the leader. When strongmen are leaders of countries that don't have much economic exchange with other nations, we're pretty much like you've set yourself up for failure right there. If, if, I, Russia, if Russia were to have fomented a revolution or a coup uh, to have a, a less friendly uh, political establishment in Mexico, uh, would you find that to be an acceptable thing to do? What uh, what coup? I'm so, the Maidan Revolution. According to George, uh, uh, what's his name, Friedman of Stratfor, it's the most obvious coup in the history of the world. Uh, I don't agree with that at all. The uh, Ukrainian people d- didn't like um, so, uh, 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 their leadership. Well, I, I agree with you. They didn't like their leadership, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. If you want to make I, it, I, if you want to make I, it as simplistic as possible to to fit your framework, that's fine. But the rest of us dealing with the reality of the situation are going to acknowledge that if, this war it was catalyzed by U.S. intervention abroad, no. six thousand miles away unnecessarily. They don't have the moral authority to dictate what Russia so, should do in response. Again, they no, are they. This is what they no, wanted. This is what they wanted from the jump. No, it's it's not even remotely. All of this was caused by Russia. And you're so like hell. All, all of it was caused by Russia. As yeah, John so, McCain, the warmonger no, no, of no, warmongers, is standing is standing at the Maidan revolution with a microphone fucking advocating saying America stands with you. This is what I mean by you being America last. You're like those white guys who keep bragging to everyone in earshot. No, I'm America first. I think John McCain's a fucking nightmare of a human being. America, because you are so desperate to blame every element. No, I hate our empire. I love America. Let me finish. America did not cause your Maidan. 
Russia tried to have a pet dictatorship over in Ukraine by allowing um, uh, uh, Yanukovych to uh, enforce the black protest laws. What was it? Black Tuesday. They yeah. encouraged him to do so. This is yeah. Russia doing this. And, 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 like, and then we, re- we replaced him with our puppet regime. No, we, no, it's the same. It's no, the same bullshit. No, no. See, this is how you keep making up because you hate America. You want to blame us. You want to accept moral fault for everything. The Bush, it is such Ukrainian a it is such a bizarre framing to say people. that I hate America because I don't like you our do. empire. You know, I no, don't no, like our just, empire. You just don't like America. You seek to blame it for everything, like the self-apologetic no. white man or the self-hating male feminist. You take America. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. It's pathetic. America <laughs> did not create the regime after fun, Yanukovych was removed. Not even you're, remotely. You're the Ukrainian fun. people. I like you, you. You're getting upset because you don't like this framing. The Ukrainian. I know. I don't. People, I don't like the framing of the saying Ukra- that I hate let, America let, because let, I don't like our empire. The, oh, let, the, no. Let me finish. Ukraine, let me finish. No, 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 you let, me finish let me finish telling you, you how un-American no, 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 you are. You haven't let me finish in ages, man. Yanukovych was outed because he was a puppet dictator, and the Ukrainian people have consistently engaged in higher levels of democratic engagement. Yeah, and, and, and when, the no, puppet. No, no, the pu- I wasn't. I wasn't finished of democratic engagement and lowered levels of corruption constantly. Now, your goal here is to promote Russian state propaganda by blaming every change on America, everything. America did the coup because McCain spoke one time at an event. Oh, actually, America was the one who shot down the peace treaty because Boris Johnson went over there. The Ukrainian people did not want a dictator. The Ukrainian people do not want to be invaded by Russia. The Ukrainian people have a very different take on these events than you do as the ones actually being invaded i think their perspective is very worthwhile to listen to and what you are doing is taking every petty justification from the kim jong-un of russia and you're repeating it uncritically as though it actually is all our fault did we fuck up yes did we handle the dissolution of the soviet union terribly yes are we at fault for a lot of things yes but for god's sake there are things we're not at fault for and i think it's really disgusting and anti-american to legitimately lay this at our feet especially when it comes at the expense of a ukrainian self-defense it's not it's not anti-american to want to see american troops not go fucking die dude they're it's not, not going anti-american over there, they're dude they're not over there but yeah. you want well, to actually, see, actually, that's not true. There are political but... and economic influence everywhere. You said you don't want us yes. to have alliances. Yes. You don't want us to have trade alliances. You don't want no. anything. No, I did not say trade alliances. You you frame that as intervention. I don't believe that to be the case. We're trading arms with Ukraine. You have issue with that. That's not trading arms, dude. Stop being so fucking. That's such yeah. bullshit. Come yes, on. It it's yeah. No, that's literally what we're doing. We're giving we them- give we we lend yeah. them the money to buy our arms, Vosh, and then we forgive that debt later on. You know exactly the game. Yeah, that is an economic exchange. That is trade by definition. That's fucking communism, that's, dude. That's true. But it's communism to forgive loans. No, that's what Jesus asked for. Actually, Jesus Christ was the one who said you should forgive your debts every seven years. Yeah, I don't think he meant fucking uh, a nuclear arsenal <laughs> well, <you laughs> or, or biolabs as part Ukraine, of that. Ukraine is a nuclear arsenal? Uh, you know what I'm saying. That's just a joke. Oh, well, I mean, we'd have to find Jesus and ask him. Yeah, it's an economic trade. You know, we're trading. Yeah, Heimar missiles. You got to you got to you got to give your, your allies Heimar missiles and then forgive the debt. That's what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, it, if the alternative is being invaded and conquered by fascists, then yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I, I do believe in. Well, why, why not? Because it's, it's not libertarian, brother. It's uh, not libertarian. Because you're not libertarian. You don't believe in self-defense. 
No, I, I believe they have the full right to self-defense. I don't believe that the American empire has any role in that process. Wait, we don't have the right to freely associate with Ukraine to provide them arms and help them self-defend? We don't have the right to freely associate. Do yeah, I do I have the do associated. I have the right do I have the right to, to opt out of this process? Uh, that's not how nation states work. But if we lived in a full like libertarian society, then I guess sure. I mean, there wouldn't really be taxes or a nation state in a full libertarian society, right? right? But yeah. but we don't. So my opinion matters. And my opinion so, is that we shouldn't be doing this. So you don't believe in nation states forming treaties or trading or. I think if it's a, a you know peace treaty or, or trading, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Well, wait, hold on. A peace treaty is a kind of interventionism because peace implies the absence of war. And the absence of war, I mean, that is a statement to the effect of we will not invade you, right? I don't know if peace treaty should be allowed under your definition. Well, okay. <laughs> I think I'm good with it. I just, I don't know what you think countries can and can't do. Because it, it seems like you know, you're okay with Russia doing everything and fucking the dog. But then with America, we actually have to lose all of our allies. That's just, and that's, just a, that's just a bullshit framing, dude. I, I've never I've never once said that what what Putin did was OK. I've explained the rationale. I've explained the U.S. lead up to it. I've explained the U.S. participation in fomenting it. That's that is all that is all pertinent information for the evaluation of the overall circumstances of this conflict. You want to di diminish, uh, diminish all of it because you're trying to ally yourself with the fucking project for a new American century neocon worldview that the U.S. government has the right to dictate everyone's policy all over the fucking planet. I disagree. Ukraine's policy was already one of self-defense. You keep lying to justify your point. We are free. I'm not lying. We are free. We, we replaced. We replaced their Ukraine. leadership. You have. No, you have Victoria Newland and Jeffrey not Pyatt. True. Not true. We have Victoria we Newland freely... and Jeffrey Pyatt on the phone. What's we that? Are, you're, you're repeating all the Kremlin. I've literally heard everything you're saying. Have you heard Russian the tape? State. Yeah, I have because I heard it from Russian Telegram channels. It's all bullshit, but easily debunkable propaganda. But it's that's not crazy debunkable that you, at all. It's they crazy. haven't even attempted to debunk it. It's crazy that you, a so-called America First individual, it's like one to one. Like, yeah, Datoyevich. Like, yeah, I'm getting my marching orders over from the Kremlin here. Bosh, you haven't you haven't actually you, you have you haven't countered you say, any of what I've said. You, you just say, you just labeled it as Russian propaganda. That's not say, an argument. You say that, like, you oppose what Putin's doing, but what will you actually do to oppose it? Not I will applaud them from afar, dick. I will applaud them from Guys, afar. Guys, remember to try oh, to avoid... Well, that's very remember helpful. Remember to try to avoid logical fallacies and insulting each other personally, all right? Um, I know it's getting here. Gotcha. Back to my logical <laughs> argument. You want America to shoot itself in the dick. You're like, oh, I think what Putin's doing is bad. By the way, let him do it, and also, America, abandon all your allies and also lose no, all foreign you're what you're what you're advocating for is actually increasing the chances of we all of us all shooting ourselves in the dick. I'm trying to push back against your your worldview. I think it's extraordinarily dangerous. I want alliances. I want countries to get along. And in order for countries to get along, they have to have each other's backs. Otherwise, an alliance doesn't mean anything. But all right. So it's a fair, it's a fairly sim similar circumstance with Taiwan. So I assume you're prepared for a dual front world war if they were to invade Taiwan. Uh, I don't think China will. But if they do, yes. That's fucking lunacy. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that all countries but America should be able to conquer the world and we should just sit on our thumbs and jerk off the whole time. I think that's an excellent America first position. Yeah, your, your, your position is that uh, 
To prevent any other empire, we must maintain our empire indefinitely. Well, that's correct? the nice thing about our empire. Our empire with Taiwan is us just being on good terms with them. And China yeah, is see, that's, I'm glad you admitted that. You view our empire as benevolent. You ask the people yeah, in the Middle East, I think they would disagree. I'm sorry. Do you think there is a meaningful difference between being allied with a country and invading them? Do you think there's a difference between those two things? Sure. Okay. So when we're, quote unquote, being an empire with Taiwan, what we mean by that is that they're a fully autonomous country over which we have no direct political control, but we're an ally to them. And when China yeah, but, means... See, this is, this is when, the difference, when, though. When China wants to get involved, they invade and conquer. Do you think there's a difference between those two situations? Of course, but that's also not acknowledging the invasion and conquering that the U.S. does, or or the fact that the 2014 revolution put in put in a puppet for the for the West. You are and you so know that. desperate to blame America. America last every you're time. You're so you're so desperate to dismiss all of this, even though it's true. And listen, American man, bow down and prostrate before your Kremlin superiors, for you are responsible for all evil in the world. American this man, this framing you may, may not work with have your, an opinion on anything this, abroad. This framing, this framing may work with your incel audience online, but it ain't gonna work here, dude. Incels love my America first rhetoric. It is true. Look, I'm, I man, would imagine. It's the only thing that makes them feel like their dicks are working. It's like, but I mean, we'll know our dicks are working when we're sitting on our thumbs jerking them in your ideology, like no foreign <laughs> influence whatsoever. We're, you want us to cede everything, everything. Yes, yes. yes. I want to, I want Including to end the American empire mutually, as most libertarians that aren't fucking rocking with the project for new American century believe, Bush. Mutually beneficial alliances, free association between nation states. Taiwan wants to be friends with us and we want to be friends with Taiwan. But then you come in. No, you say. We yeah, I come, in, I, come I, I come in. I come in and I say. I come in and I say that that a hot war with 1.4 billion people and 300 nuclear weapons is not a good idea. That's yeah, where okay. I come in. So, yeah. So what happens when they want to take Poland? What what happens when Russia wants to take Poland? Do we do? I say. Then? I say. I say that the fucking EU better get its shit together and defend itself. Wait, 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 but wait, the US wait. is out. Why would the EU do it? Why would, because why would because you... it's NATO. It's you know what I'm saying, man. Come on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Wait. You want other european countries to get involved in a polish conflict what you want i'm saying i'm saying that's to the that's to their actual uh to their actual benefit and their mutual defense treaty right explain to me explain to me how the american how is the american no no wait 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 wait. how is the american homeland american you're okay how is the american homeland jeopardized how is the american homeland jeopardized by this you're okay with mutual defense treaties with literally everyone as long as america's not involved america last you think the i I care i care about the american empire ending that's what i care about what about the european empire are, is it is it expanding, Vosh? The EU, yes, constantly. Constantly? Ye- yes, the EU constantly evaluates both new members and adds them, and they have different economic zones they add people to, which is absolutely it seems, economic. Seem, seems to me that the EU is a is a trading pact more than a military alliance. They, no, nope, they they well. First of all, there is you said uh, mutual defense alliance for one. And there is to an extent, depending on like the. Well, I was I was referencing NATO, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, so wait. So should Poland just be on its own? No, if if the those other nations want to be a uh, still in NATO and defend each other, I think I think that 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 alliance makes a hell of a lot more sense because if you're if you're of the belief, which I'm not, but you uh, you. Uh, <laughs> 
Honestly, I think you're lying. I, you, you've even said that this is an act of desperation. You don't think that Russia can even prevail in Ukraine. But but now there's this danger of them taking over Poland and then rolling over Europe. I think it's all nonsense. But if you if you want to play in that framework, well, then it makes sense for the European members of NATO to work to defend one another. It doesn't make sense for the United States, which sits 5,000, 6,000 miles away, to be a participant in any of this. You, you don't think that America has an interest in the regional stability of Europe? You just does your understanding of economics only like extend to arm's reach? You realize we have a global economy, right? Taiwan manufactures most of the world's super chip, uh, um, uh, the, the conductors and microchips and shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have we have an interest yeah. in the whole world. Everyone has have, an interest in the whole world. All right. So you you believe in the American empire is the global hegemon? That's fine. No, I don't. No, 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 no. You misunderstood. Every country has an interest in the goings on of the entire world. Every country. Yes. So, it it would it would have an impact on our economy undoubtedly. Doesn't change doesn't change the fact that it's immoral for us to be dictating policy all over the planet. No, you keep running back to the same talking points. We were because asked it's true. Provide, we were asked to provide arms for Ukraine, and we are. That's it. That's not us dictating. Oh, policy. oh that's it. That's it. It's just yeah. as simple as that. Yes, that is not us dictating policy. That is if you if you asking, if you if dismiss anything, the entire anything, first hour of our discussion, then that's, that's, that's it. We just gave them weapons. Policy, if anything, and also by the way. We do have a decades-old mutual defense pact with Taiwan, so it, that would also, again, not be us dictating policy. That's just us fulfilling a half-century-old promise. Yeah, just a half-century-old promise that leads to World War III. Okay. Sounds great. Do you, do you, so, so you do genuinely just believe China and Russia should get to eat the world? No, I genuinely believe that the, the worst possible outcome for any of this would be World War III, and I want to avoid it at all costs. Me too. I think that I'm doing that. So tell me, if Russia took Ukraine and then wanted to uh, take Poland as well, you think Do you that, think that Poland, Poland can't defend itself? Uh, it doesn't matter whether or not I think No, I've already can. said no. that I want the U.S. to exit NATO. So, yeah, Wait, that's not relevant to what I'm saying. So do you think yes, it Poland, is relevant. Do you think Poland should defend itself? Sure. Why? Because they have a right to defend themselves. Uh, at the expense of World War III? I don't know what you mean by that. If Russia if... invades Poland and Poland fights back, don't you think there's a likelihood that Poland might resort to using tactical nuclear weapons as a way of settling the conflict quickly? Yeah, but they still have a right to defend themselves. What, what, and start World War III? Are you insane? Well, I can't I can't I can't dictate that they don't defend themselves. Vosh, this oh, is different. I'm just trying to say that the U.S. shouldn't be involved in this no, because no, they whoa. have fomented much of it. No. OK, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. And if Poland defended itself, then it would be responsible for engaging in aggression against Russia. That's not that's that's not at all my that's not at all my framing of any whoa, of this. Whoa, whoa, I don't I'm, I'm I've never I've never once said I've never once said that framework. Ukraine was aggressing upon Russia. I mean, I could argue that with the Donbass region in terms yeah. of bombing Russian speakers, but I haven't gone there. <laughs> I know that'd be a terrible place to go. So wait, why isn't Ukraine aggressive? Wait, why wouldn't Poland be aggressing on Russia in this hypothetical? Well, if they're being invaded, it's not aggression, it's defense. OK, well, you can be aggressive in defense. It's totally possible, right? Like striking within enemy positions. But um, with regards to Poland, isn't it irresponsible for them to defend themselves? 
Is it irresponsible for them to? Def- uh, no, I don't. I don't believe it is. I don't believe that it's irresponsible for Ukraine to defend itself if it wants to. Why However, I do think it's irres- irresponsible that they didn't go to the negotiating table and accept that peace offer in the first month of the invasion. I think okay, that so, was irresponsible, and I don't so, think that would have happened if not for the West and the State Department's advisory. So let's say Russia does a blitz on Poland and takes a decent amount of territory right from the get-go. And then they propose a peace deal where they get to keep most of Poland's territory, but Poland continues to fight back. Do you think that'd be irresponsible of them to do so? Honestly, I, I, I lost the, the hypothetical at some point in there. Uh, I, my, if if my, Russia blitzed Polish territory and took a lot of it. And then so you're, 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 saying, deal, you're saying they've already taken all of Ukraine? In this hypothetical? Yes. Yes. Okay. Go, okay. go ahead. And now, and now they want to take Poland. And they've blitzed Poland's territory. They've taken a lot of it in the opening few days of the war. And then when Poland starts to really mount a defense, Russia says, "Okay, here's a peace deal. Do you think it'd be irresponsible of Poland not to accept it? Potentially. Uh, It depends on the circumstances. I'd have to I'd have to evaluate in the real time. What if the peace deal involved Russia holding and keeping all of the territory that it gained in the first few days of the war? Well, that's not that's not exactly the case in the situation in Ukraine. So I don't know if this analogy actually applies. No, I know. But like if it was that case, do you think it'd be irresponsible of Poland not to accept it? It depends if they if they think that they can prevail in a fucking hot war with Russia, then maybe they should continue to fight. I don't know. Wait, you think they should fight in a hot war with a nuclear power? That's their prerogative. It's their nation, not mine. You think, wait, hold on. You think that they have a right to initiate World War III, potentially? I think they have a right to defend themselves. I do, yes. And, and start World War III? Well, if you, if you think that that leads to World War III, they still have a right to defend themselves, yes. Okay, so I, what, what we're running into here is a completely incoherent ideology. I don't know if this is like an America last thing or what specifically leads to it. The problem here is that no, you're... That's, you, that's, just, you, that's just a fair encapsulation. That's an unfair encapsulation of my belief. I'm saying I want the United States to not be dictating these policies. I know. You if they, if they want to last. negotiate know, peace, they should last. negotiate peace based off of their circumstances. Right, America last. If your real goal is to avoid World War III, based on your logic, no nation should ever engage in conflict with Russia or China no, or any other aggressive that's not, that's, power. That's not, that's not the case. Why I believe not? that, the, that the, the potential for World War III increases when you're talking about the two or really the three largest nuclear powers on Earth that are now antagonizing each other and using much of this as proxy fodder. And it's, it's tragic. It's resulting in the death of hundreds of thousands of people, many of them innocent. Uh, I just think that the U.S. empire does not have the uh, the ability or the moral authority to be involved in this in any way. And it you has said, ultimately worsened the situation. You said avoid World War Three at all costs. So I would like to Putin World War. Says, I would like to avoid that at all costs. Yes, Vosh, I would. OK, so let's say Putin says he wants the Baltics. He wants former Yugoslavia. He wants half of Germany back. Uh, and they, every they, time, all have a, they all have a right to defend themselves, Vosh. And potentially cause World War Three. They all have a right to defend themselves, Bosch, okay. yes. So you don't actually think that people should defend or avoid World War III at any cost? Do you think the right to self-defense supersedes the threat of ending the world? Well, the, the right to self-defense is always paramount. You always have that right. I just think that it, the, the, uh, you know, the cost-benefit analysis changes when you're dealing with nuclear arsenals pointing at each other. Uh, there are countries in Europe that have nukes. I mean, yeah, when he, Of course. When, Right. And if Putin reaches that point, he will eventually be engaged in combat with nuclear capable nations. Correct. 
And okay. I hope that doesn't happen. So well, what's your point? Happen, should those countries immediately surrender to avoid engagement with Russia? No, like I haven't, I, we're just saying the same thing over and over again. I don't know what you're, what are you, what are you trying to get at? I'm saying I want to know these nations whether have, or not these... avoid World War III at all costs is really your belief or if you have another belief. I, I honestly, I don't know what you're hinting at. So if you could just make it explicit, I'd appreciate it. I'm explicitly asking this question over and over again. Should and, and I'm answering country, it, and I'm answering it consistently over and over again. I'm every, saying the U.S. shouldn't be involved if these nations want okay, to defend know, themselves. That's know, their prerogative. If I that leads America, to World War III and nuclear war, that's tragic. How many times do I have to okay, say it? So your your position here is genuinely America last because you believe in self defense as an overriding principle above avoiding World War III for every other country except for us. I believe that the United States is not Poland. I believe it is not Ukraine. Well, I believe it. I believe it is not one. the Baltic states. I believe it is not the EU. I believe it is not Europe. I believe it's not Africa. I believe it's not the Middle East. I believe it's not the fucking uh, the the waters right off of China either. I believe that we should withdraw from global hegemon status. We're not talking about global. I'm not. You keep running back to that. I don't know why. It's like the dialogue tree. You keep running back to it. I'm, I'm running back to it because that's the reality of the situation. I'm talking about self-defense relative to the threat for World War III. Now, if I understand your values correctly, you are okay with World War III happening and all life on Earth ending as long as it's brought about by a product of legitimate self-defense. Do I have that right? No, you don't have that right. I'm not, I'm not ever going to be okay or happy uh, about World War III. I'm just saying that I believe that the U.S.'s involvement in all of this is increasing the likelihood of that actually coming. I know to you hate America, but I'm not talking about America. I'm talking about general principles with regards to national self-defense and World War Three. So you are OK. With OK, OK, let's 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 flip this on you. Let's wait, flip you this on. Wait, let's so flip this on you. Because no, so I've already answered. I've okay. answered you fucking 20 times but on the same topic. Not, I don't think you understand the, the point. It seems like the, for you, self-defense is a higher priority to avoiding World War III. So my argument then would be that nations that are allied with each other have mutual self-defense and that the existence of mutual assured self-defense is the greatest preventer of war in human history. So my argument is that what I'm proposing avoids World War III and promotes self-defense. But can, you hate can America. You also, can, can you also – no, I don't hate America. Can you also acknowledge that, that those alliances, if they behave in an uh, antagonistic fashion, can ultimately be to the detriment and increase the chances of, of hot conflict? Um, sure. I mean potentially, but that doesn't seem to be empirically demonstrable. Really? Yeah, it seems like the formation of alliances decreases the total amount of conflict. Well – Yes, I'd say on net, yes. But there are examples where that's not the case, correct? Well, yeah, I mean, sure, of course. But I don't think okay. that there would be less conflict around the world if all of these alliances just broke down. You spoke positively of BRICS. Okay, I mean, I don't think they're doing much at the moment. But theoretically, I support a challenge to U.S., uh, uh, like the international dollar. I think that's fine. Um, with regards to Russia. I, for the record, what, I didn't speak positively of BRICS. I just brought it up. I think you overstated their potential influence in the global affairs uh you know well, they, I, I, they now they now have uh over 35 percent of global trade is under the BRICS umbrella so it's not it's not nothing yeah but that's not BRICS trade like they've all agreed to it but they're still bound by the u.s dollar and our economic hegemon right 
like South Africa well, Brazil, until their like, debt rolls off. Yeah. But it, that that's still like this is this is all part of a process that will take probably a decade or two to unwind. But it, it, it didn't have to be that way. If, if not for this antagonistic approach with Russia, which drew, drove them into the arms of the Chinese and ultimately scared the shit out of anybody else that was trying to dictate any sort of policy with their neighbors and realizing that the U.S. would never allow any of that. That like they're now they're now banding together to to undermine the U.S. dollar's reserve currency status, which will ultimately be to the detriment of the American people. And I think that's you know, well, it's probably inevitability. It's still it's still unfortunate. Okay, so I mean, the main eco- economic driver in BRICS is China, and they're still one of our major trading partners, and they always are going to be, at least until things meaningfully change. Well, I, yeah, they, I mean, they, always until they invite invade Taiwan and you support. Uh, world war three with them so i well, i don't know you, well hold on we've established you're actually the one who's okay with world war three i'm trying to prevent it yeah you yeah want, we've, you we've established world, that i'm the one you, that's okay with world war three that's yeah, that's well, a real your, interesting your, framing your ideology is all alliances should be broken and the world should be left to the uh handling of half i believe i believe that the entangling alliances I believe that the entangling alliances for the U.S. are are used as justification ultimately to fund the military industrial complex and increase uh, their their control over global dynamics, really, not just trade, but, uh, you know, control broadly, including pipelines. Um, and I, I ultimately, I think that the the empire is falling and the, this is the, the lashing out phase where we risk. We- this is what World I mean. this, this is so strange to me because I feel like I'm reading this reads to me like the way a lefty pamphlet might talk about how the US empire is is falling. Yeah, because I'm actually American, anti-war, Bosch. It's American global hegemony You've never is heard stronger it. now than it literally ever has been in all of human history. The hegemony of the US dollar and of our trade and of our influence has and this is empirically demonstrable, never been this strong before. So yeah, you just you just have this... to totally you just have to totally ignore the thirty three trillion in debt that we have, and and wait, wait, I guess wait, wait, I guess is, you're right. What what does our national debt have to do with the U.S. international dollar being the center point for global trade? What what does that have to do with anything? That's a different. Well, you, do you really not understand? Wait, are you, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, hold are on. You, Ex- wait, are you pretending on. to be ignorant? Wait, hold on. Explain to me directly the relationship between U.S. national debt and the U.S. global dollar. I'll explain it to you quite simply. The inflationary pressures will ultimately make people migrate away from the U.S. dollar. And the only way that the U.S. government can can maintain their debt is to print it. But it hasn't. And we've been printing for decades. That's not true. More powerful than ever. That's not true. We've experienced the worst inflation in your lifetime. Uh, Yeah. And then it lasted a year and then Biden passed a bill and it went back down and now it's at three percent. And also that's not the same as the national debt. That's a totally different number. That's that's completely you. You realize that, like, you know, you know that they have to maintain that debt, right? National inflation, national debt and international hegemonic currency status are three somewhat related but largely disconnected factors when it comes to a country's power. Right. They're extraordinarily related. If you want to diminish, diminish that, it's just your ignorance, not mine. It's a fact that we are more powerful economically on an international scale than we ever have been. Maybe that'll change in the future. I mean, I don't know. I can't see the future. But it's just weird to hear this, like, you know, American empire fallen, glorious Chinese dollar. now, And it's like, what the fuck am I listening to? Like, this doesn't sound like reality. It certainly doesn't sound like America first. I want to operate in reality. Where we I think I think I think you actually. I think actually you're the one that's detached from reality. You're not you're not able to see the the tides changing and that's that's fine, but it doesn't change the fact that I'm right and you're wrong.
I don't get all my news exclusively from Russian Telegram channels, so it's possible that I'm not. Um, I've I'm never not, even like, been on Telegram, but okay. Uh, what what source do you get your Kremlin uh, talking points from? Uh, they they sent it to me with the rubles when they send me the checks. Oh, rubles! Oh man, and never never mind about the whole U.S. international currency thing. That's rough. Look, I'm 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 pulling your chain just a little bit on that one specifically, but I really do think that the problem is that ultimately your ideology doesn't really have an answer for imperialism. You want America to be weak, but you don't do anything or have any answer to. No, I want America to be strong, but I want it to be strong in national self-defense, not in global empire. Okay, then who gets to have the empire? The the nations have a right to defend themselves, Bosch. I've been very clear on that. Okay. Your 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 vantage point that Russia is going to roll across Europe, I think, is delusional. I think it's nonsense, and I think you know that, which makes this even more bizarre. That's what people said about Ukraine until he invaded. Now, hold on, wait. I, I really I really want to know though. What answer do you have to like? international empire so like what happens if every country withdraws and they do their own like isolationist thing and then inevitably because of course this is going to happen uh countries like russia and china start invading neighbors and growing stronger what is my answer to that those nations better defend themselves okay so no nation next to china can defend itself against china except for india and possibly russia so your answer then is just good luck have fun yeah, and your answer is that the, the okay. most no, no. lethal I empire really, of the past 50 years, you're going to just continue to support I it because really, you think I it's really the benevolent this. controller. Let me tell you what your ideology will lead to. If you got everything you wanted, all it would mean is that the biggest, baddest dictators in the world would start gobbling up their neighborhoods. And nobody would ever be able to resist them because they would hyper-militarily industrialize, same as Germany did. No individual country would be able to stand up against them, and the world would be gobbled up under one or two Bush, empires, Bush, including you've done, eventually us. You, Bosch, you've done a, an incredible job convincing me that you're a neoconservative. I, I wish so you would I drop answer, the libertarian no, label. Explicitly answer why that wouldn't happen without getting snarky about it. <laughs> I, I don't have the right to be snarky after you've said I, I, I'm un-American and America last repeatedly. I don't no, have the right to be snarky in response. accurate assessment of your position. It sounds to me like you want everyone to withdraw so the biggest, baddest dictators can gobble up all their neighbors. Explain how your ideology would prevent that. I can't explain how it'll prevent it because it's going to be up to them to defend themselves. I can't see the future. Okay. I don't so, know what they'll do. Okay, okay wait. So your answer is, Lamal, you better win. That's how you would do it. You realize that would just mean the whole world would be constant, nonstop conflict as nations constantly vie to invade each other or preemptively defend themselves by invading their neighbor. And it's might makes right everywhere all the time. And there would no longer be any international cooperation. And inevitably, some country with the nukes would end the world. You like this is the thing that gets me. You're so smug about how wrong you are. But your ideology speed runs global Armageddon. Like you treat it like a joke. Like, oh, yeah, let's just get rid of all alliances. And then, well, if you get invaded by another country country good luck have fun like bro you are literally like you're like a death cultist you're like worshiping the end the no the no you're worshiping the u.s you empire you're no, worshiping you, the u.s empire you that's what you're so doing desperate. all you have is america bad america bad america bad. that's all you have your ideology is literally let's speed run world war three and all you can do to say in response to that is well uh at least i at least when at least when the world ends america won't be in it right christ so you, you acknowledge that you're in support of American empire, correct? I'm in support of international alliance, the thing that prevents the end of the world. And, and part of that 
has been the American empire for your entire life, which has cost millions of innocent lives. I mean, you good with it? I mean, what, you, you, you think that that's wait, been wait, wait, to our first, benefit? First is that all, America all, first? Wait, first of all, uh, so again, like it's, it's crazy. The only thing you have to say is, well, you know that America bad, right? It's insane. Bosh, know, Bosh your entire, your wait, entire you, argument boils down to the American empire must reign supreme no, no, so, you, so that the Chinese have, and the Russia don't rule across their neighbors. I, I, I really you you I really support the neoconservative really worldview. That's a fact. You have nothing to say for your dog shit ideology other than, well, wanting international alliances makes you a neocon. You're John McCain. Your ideology would bring about more death than any ideology in human history. The Holocaust, nothing compared to it. Yes, you literally said. A non-interventionist perspective will will lead to the... To the your Holocaust answer, times 10, really. Your answer, times, wait, not times 10, buddy. Times a thousand, everyone would die. Your answer to what See, do we this, do internationally this, this, about This just goes, to, goes your, to show how much you believe in the U.S. empire. Your answer, oh, that's literally, it's like a buzzword. You're like a broken NPC. I'm talking to somebody who was built by Bethesda right now. American empire, American empire. Are you empire. denying that I'm it's real? To you Are right you denying now. that it's real? I am talking to you right now. Are you denying that the U.S. empire he, exists? He can't, he can't walk away from it. He can't. He's like, I need to talk about this specific subject. That's all I have. I need everyone because to know Because it's the one thing you can't need, deal with. Please, the, the people listening don't know enough that I hate America. I need to talk more about how everything is good as long as America suffers. Nuclear war, good as long as America suffers. International conflict, good as long as America suffers. Whoa, you want to prevent nuclear war? Well, huh? Huh, buddy? You want to keep nukes from falling on America? You fucking neocon? Well, yeah, you know what? I do want nukes to not <laughs> fall on America. I do. I do. It's true. You've got me. I want nukes to fall on nobody, which is why I support a system of international alliances and through uh, collaboration. As long as you say it, as long as you say it calmly, then it doesn't sound like John McCain, huh? Yes, it is true. I want international alliances is a John McCain ideology. It's something only he believes. Only he could have conceived. Well, no, it's, that it's evil. It's no, Dick Cheney. Are, it's no, Victoria no, Newland. You it's your whole. It's your whole cartel, it's, dude. It's, I, the, look, I, it's the entire. I just. I just wish you would drop the libertarian label. Daily. You're an interventionist. You believe in so, empire. That's okay. You have no ideology outside of disliking America. I'm a non-interventionist, Bosh. I'm an actual have, libertarian. I have plenty have of ideology. Yours is inconsistent. You believe in the American empire while pretending to be non-interventionist, which isn't true. You are the so biggest interventionist I, I've ever get, spoken to. By, by, by wanting there to be international alliances. Yes, that's true. Um, can I get a repeater one more time in what you said earlier? Can I hear it? Uh, your solution to everyone withdrawing and forming no international alliances. Is, is that they? No, I didn't say, I didn't say, I've never said that they, that I'm going to dictate what all of these nations are going to oh, do. Wait, hold on, I, I didn't ask you, wait, I did hold on, wait, wait, I'm giving, you'll say something stupid in a minute, but you need to give me a minute, okay? So under your ideology, Every nation would be non-interventionist in the sense that you have described, right? Where they don't form international alliances, they don't dictate policy, they don't come to each other's defense, that sort of thing, right? What, what is this? Is he dead? Oh, Clint, are you there? Am I dead? No, Bosh, can you hear me? Is it over for me? No, I can hear you. Okay, okay. Clint, are you there? Did you lose you? I, I'm going to drop Clint down and then bring him back up. Gotcha. Uh, I'm, I'm getting close to my end time, too. We're at 90 minutes, so I, oh, I would wow. have to. Okay. Yeah, 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 we've been having fun. No, I know. I just wanted you guys to do your closing statements. This has been really good. Hold on. I'm going to drop dropping Clint. And I'm going to bring him back up. 
he he realized that uh, uh, X is an American company, and he left. He left in a most expeditious fashion. Oh, be nice. <laughs> okay, there we go. Bringing Clint back up. I invited you to speak, Clint. If you can see that, would you want to uh, do a closing statement and stick around for a question or two from the audience? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have time okay. as long as it's d- uh, decently quick. Yes, yes, of course. No, no, no. You just you just had a glitch. Um, I'm just going to have you guys do your closing thoughts because we're coming up on 90 minutes and then just take a couple questions from the audience if you're okay with that. Yeah, sure. All right, wonderful. All right, Vosh, closing thoughts? Yeah, look, international affairs are messy business, but I think it's pretty clear with any understanding of the historical record that completely withdrawing from international agreement and leaving everyone to themselves is basically just you know, letting all of the big, mean countries gobble up all the small ones. It guarantees constant war. We did this for most of human history, and most of human history was constant war. If you were a man growing up, at certain points in history, quite a few of them in England or France or what would later become Germany, then war was just like, oh, that's the war I served in, then that's the war I served in, and that's the war my pop served in, and such and such. Um, That's because without any kind of unifying force guiding these countries' behavior and helping them uh, operate on a more like trade-oriented level, war is inevitable. If you want American soldiers to live lives of peace, If you want American taxpayers to not pay for war, then you would better invest in diplomacy because diplomacy is how we avoid those things. Isolationism sounds nice when it means a slightly lower tax bill. But trust me, first of all, uh, withdrawing from international agreements would mean that the cost of goods would go up significantly. and You don't want that. Okay, so you spend a lot more money that way. Um, Oh, wait, hello. Is my audio fine? No, I can hear you. Okay, wonderful. so that wouldn't be to your benefit at all. But secondly, I do not want America to like lock itself down completely, completely isolate itself. And then like 20 years down the line, we all fucking die in nuclear holocaust. Um, we need to try, I think, a little bit better than that. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we need to believe in peace. Thank you, Vash. Clint, go ahead. I agree. Uh, we do need to believe in peace. I, I don't believe that the U.S. empire has fomented peace uh, throughout my lifetime. I think there's plenty of evidence to demonstrate that I am, in fact, correct in that statement. Um, it was uh, Secretary Perry who, under the Bill Clinton administration, almost resigned over NATO expansion. He said that bringing Russia into the fold uh, first was much more important to him. And in his memoir, he said, I did not believe the timing was right to push for NATO enlargement. Most important, we needed to keep moving forward with Russia. And I feared that NATO enlargement at, at, the, at, <clears throat> at this time <clears throat> excuse me, would shove us into reverse. I believe that a regression here could squander the positive relations we had so painstakingly and patiently developed in the opportunistic post-Cold War post-Cold War period. I knew that NATO membership would and should eventually come to the Eastern European nations, but I believe that we needed more time to bring Russia in first. Uh, he uh, has lamented that as the, great, the gravest failure of his career in politics. Um, and there are a, a litany of other quotes from American uh, you know, politicians and, and State Department representatives from the 1990s that all acknowledge that what I'm saying is correct, that ultimately it was the expansion of 20 nations into NATO after repeated promises that we would not be doing so that has catalyzed this conflict with Russia. We knew damn well that this was going to come about, and this was all part of the Project for New American Century, which 
unfortunately, Victoria Newland uh, is married to the creator of that, and she has been the the focal point in Ukraine uh, negotiating, quote unquote, but really fomenting much of this conflict. So. Uh, for that reason, primarily, I want the U.S. not to be involved with this. I believe that they are they are an impediment to peace, not uh, a mechanism for peace. And I obviously do believe that the uh, the Ukrainian people, as well as the Polish or anybody in Europe, has a right to defend themselves against invasion. I think that the U.S. government should not be involved. And I believe that it is firmly the American first position, contrary to what Vosh said repeatedly. Thank you for having me, Josie. Absolutely. I added uh, two speakers. Two uh, speakers to ask questions, because I know Vosh will have to get out of here pretty soon. Uh, so, uh, Jethro, why don't you go ahead? Hi, Vosh. Economics have come up several times in this debate, and you've repeatedly tried to frame Clint as being America last. So it's worth clarifying the reality of our macroeconomic situation. To quote Ron Paul, the greatest libertarian himself, it is no coincidence <laughs> that the century of total war coincided with the century of central banking. Are you aware that the United States government has already bankrupted itself, perpetuating the past 50 years of global petrodollar empire hegemony with over $30 trillion in debt, soon to be $33 trillion? Are you aware that the U.S. government's total unfunded liabilities add up to over $100 trillion? Bankrupt. Are you aware that when the U.S. government sends aid... Is this, a, is this an actual question, or did you are you framing your manifesto with a question it's, mark at the end? It's a question about I, your economics understanding in my, America first. How My economic understanding in America first is that the American proletariat shall rise and the working class will shed the chains of the bourgeoisie. So you're openly Next communist. Question. Okay. That, yeah, central, central yeah, banking yeah. is the fifth plank of the communist manifesto, so... Thank you for clarifying uh, yeah, that you are not actually America first. I'm America communist first. It's called MAGA communism. Okay. You're not a serious uh, person. Oh, no way. Oh, I thought you You're not a serious person. And Hey, man, I'm not the one quoting Ron Paul for my opinions. Um, yeah, anyway, in, in reality, like, obviously, these questions require extremely complicated, nuanced answers. But you, you just wanted to, like, say stuff so I can't really respond. It, like, will you lend, like, an hour to respond to all the false premises you laid out? My is, answer is, is 30, to the is $30 trillion in debt a false premise? Is printing money to perpetuate the slaughter a false premise? We're bankrupting <laughs> our country. Okay, please. He's... <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jethro. I, lo uh, I love you. Je whatever their name was. I love you. Jethro. Jethro, yes. Uh, Daniel, why don't you go ahead? All right, thank you. Um, Clint, uh, I wanted to commend you for your candor and your composure throughout this, uh, what what wanted to be a debate. And then, uh, Vouch, I just wanted to say, sorry, I don't have a question, but I wanted to say if Kicking and screaming and calling names was uh, how a debate is won. You you got this one, buddy. You got Thank it. Thank you. You're welcome. You won. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, Anarchist Frodo, go ahead. Hi, Vosh. Earlier, you said that uh, the, it was uh, Russian state propaganda that the U.S. State Department or anybody would believe that they think. Ukraine is some sort of red line, but the director of the CIA himself said that both he and Russia believe that that's a red line in the sand. So what do you say to that? 
Yeah, the Russian propaganda is the framing that Russia legitimately believed that NATO expansion or the non-dissolution from uh, NATO of Ukraine, uh, that those things posed a geopolitical threat to Russia. Um, these, these are leaked cables from our State Department through WikiLeaks. You know so that, you, right? You, you didn't hear what I just said, but I'll repeat it. There is a difference between Russia saying it's a red line and Russia saying that it poses a real threat. The idea that uh, Ukraine being a part of NATO is a real threat to Russia is factually incorrect. It is a ludicrous proposition. The idea that Russian politicians legitimately fear that's not true. The idea that Russia has said that it's a red line, that's absolutely true. But there's a pretty big and important difference between what's reality and what dictators say is reality. I mean, if we cede the framing to them, then you could rightly say like, you know, well, Hitler said that a total secession of the Versailles Treaty was like not doing so was the red line. They may say that, but you can't you can't give them the framing that that's like actually the reason why they do it. Usually they do it for other reasons and they come up with a justification. In this case, Russia centered on this because they knew for a fact that NATO would never disallow a country from being considered for NATO because to do so would give Russia, a geopolitical enemy, the power to determine who our allies are. And that's incredibly cucky. It's very cucked. Thank you, Anarchist Frodo. Uh, Top Lobster, go ahead. Hi, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you good abundantly okay uh yeah how you doing Vosh? uh i wasn't familiar with you before this debate and uh i'm, I'm gotta say that i'm very impressed um so what what i do is i'm actually the host of of the probably the it's, it's like the largest homosexual podcast in probably online we really like we do our best to go out of our way to find the dumbest gayest people online it's called tower gang and we usually go wednesdays 9 11 We'll go for like an hour and a half, but like you would be the perfect guest. I mean, like our prerequisites, you met them and you've exceeded them. So uh, reach out to me if you're interested and thank you. Thank you for the entertainment. This is a great debate. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Josie. You can't have the top dumb gay podcast because I run the top dumb gay podcast. Whose market do you think <laughs> you're trying to pull? Wow. This is a free market, Bosh. Come on. Look, Clint Russell has blown the fuck up and why is that? It's because he fucking has something to add. And he really knows what the fuck he's talking about on so many issues. And issues that he knows way more about than me, whether it's like fucking monetary policy or fucking ESGs or fucking, you know, like diversity, equity, inclusion shit. He knows all about that stuff. And he's really on top of it. And that's why he's blown the fuck up. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?